So today is our last day of Epiphany, our last Sunday in Epiphany. And we will say goodbye to the word Alleluia for the next 40 days and resurrect it like our Lord is resurrected on Easter Sunday. But I'm getting ahead of myself as usual because today, as always, it is Transfiguration Sunday. And Matthew was writing around the year 80 in the Common Era. And people were beginning to drift away from the idea that Jesus was coming back anytime soon. And we know what happens. It's human nature. We can't sustain the ability to be waiting months, years on end. We get bored. Something else comes along. We become enticed by the next big thing. In addition, there was conflict, conflict in the church, I know. What a surprise. The Pharisees did not believe as the new followers of Jesus believed. They, their belief that Jesus was the Son of God and would usher in at some, theirs was not the belief, excuse me, not the belief that Jesus was God's son and would usher in a new realm, but rather that he was a prophet explaining to us as to why Jesus was heralding the way for the real prophet to come. That they were to follow the Pharisaic tradition and not these new converts to the risen Christ. Epiphany also is a turning point in the story of Jesus' life here on earth. All through Matthew's gospel, he has, Jesus has been dropping breadcrumbs about who he is and why he's here. And we have, yeah, I'm getting some feed, a little bit of feedback, Andrew. They have listened to him tell, foretell events about how he would suffer and die and rise again. But he also tells them that they too will share the same fate. In John's gospel, when uh, Peter and Jesus are standing on the beach. Jesus says to Peter, Very truly I tell you, when you were younger you used to fasten your belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, someone else will fasten a belt around your waist and will stretch out your hands and take you where you do not wish to go. And John says this was to foretell of Peter's crucifixion on the cross. So here we have a similar story about two different people in the Gospels. But also during Epiphany, we have been told ways that we ought to live and how Jesus would want us to live. We think of the epiphany as living in the light. 
And now as we stand on the precipice of Lent, we reflect on what it is God is calling us to be and do, not only for ourselves, but for the church and for the world. We are change agents for Jesus. We are the ones that will be the people to stand up and speak out against injustice, poverty, and hatred. We suspend what we don't know about for what we do know. Let me expound on that a little bit. We look to the past and think about something or someone and we think that describes and defines who we are and who we will remain to be for the rest of our lives and that is not true. Lent is a time for us to turn away from those ideas and things that we do not like in the world and most importantly in ourselves. How do we look at another? How do we talk to someone we don't know, the stranger that we meet in the street? Who do we want to be as individuals, as people that follow Jesus, and also as people who want to speak truth to power, who want to stand up against those who would have people remain marginalized and poor and unloved. You may have noticed last night on the news that we in Rockford have worked very hard and it was pointed out by Governor Pritzker that we have done a good job of ending homelessness. We haven't ended it but we have come a long way from what it used to be, and especially for unhoused veterans. We are the leading light in the example, Governor Pritzker said, for not only Rockford, but for the entire country. That is a wonderful thing. That is what we are called to do. If we hadn't left behind the idea of what it means to be unhoused, we would never be able to embrace what it means to have a home, to have stability, to have dignity. These are concepts that are not fixed overnight or in a day. They will take our lifetime and lifetimes to come, but we have made strides. And it is difficult in this day and age when we are so divided as a country, as a people. We never, no longer see people as Americans. We see them as, are they one of us? Did they vote like me? Do they think like me? And that makes us more estranged than ever. We are called to bridge the divide, the gap that is between us, us, 
and them. Because there is no us and them in God's kingdom. There is only us. There is no standing and watching without participating and becoming part of something new and something different. This is hard work, but we are up to the, ta the challenge and the task that lays before us. And Lent is one reminder that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. Lent is the reminder that there is nothing permanent in this life, that we are to do the best we can with what we have, to love the other, to see beyond the face that is standing in front of us, the clothing, the car, the house, the books they read, the television shows they watch, but to see another human being that God loves and cares for. That is how we make strides in our world. That is how we are able to embrace the other and bring them closer to us, envelop them in our arms, so to speak. There was an artist who came to town one time, and he set up his easel and his pot of paints, pots of paints. And he decided on a rundown building on the outskirts of town that he was going to paint a mural. And on that mural, he painted a young girl who was on crutches and couldn't walk. That was what the world saw. What he saw was a young girl that could dance and didn't need crutches. He painted an artist who played the violin, but right now was the chef at a restaurant because he was an immigrant. A social cripple who was lacking in self-confidence, but standing in the center of his mural, this artist's mural, the young woman was a community activist speaking out. There was an African-Canadian who saw buildings, oversaw buildings during the day, but at night sang in his church choir. He went on to become a soloist at the symphony. And finally, there was the indigenous teen who no one would even look at or give the time of day to. But the artist gave her a brush and showed her a part of the mural. Who knew she could paint, he said. Who knew the building superintendent could sing? Who knew that the social cripple would someday stand up for the unloved and lost? They became who they are because of who 
the artist saw beyond what everyone else saw. And that's what Jesus sees. He sees us as we are, not as others see us. He sees us as caring and competent and loving and talented. Even when we don't see it in ourselves, he sees it for us. So what is God painting, singing, dancing in your life? Who is God wanting you to be? Are you willing, are you ready to shake off the notion put upon you by society or family or friends to actually embrace all that you are and all that you can be? Do you have the courage to step outside your comfort zone and maybe finally do what God has wanted you to do for your entire life. Maybe what God is calling you to this Lent is to be the person he knew all along that you were capable of being. It's not easy. We try and we fail, but the great thing is we get up and try again. And that is what Jesus would have us do. Jesus wants what is best for us, whether we know it or not. Remember that. The next time you are thinking to yourself, I can't do that, or maybe I don't want to do that. Jesus wants the best. And maybe, maybe, you will have the courage to take his hand and walk out of who you are to who you can be. Amen.